I don't remember what we were talking about. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Tim Wick, Nick Glover, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we have our friend Kirky Trailer Thorson here to talk about Thor, Love and Thunder. And as we often do with Marvel movies, we are going to spoil the shit out of it. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Molly Glover. Hello, it's me, Molly Lovin' Thunder Glover. And Nick Thunder Glover. Hey! <laughs> is, that, is that your goat scream? Yeah. That, that was, was really hot. Do that, that, that later. Was, yeah, I, that, that's pretty much going to end the podcast right there. Molly's going to jump his goaty bones. Uh, we are joined by a uh, friend of the show, frequent guest, Kirky Trailer Thorson, who is here to talk about the movie Thor Love and Thunder. Yes. So. You know, actually, when those goats first came on the screen and did those, uh, I looked at them and said, oh, I know her. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into a uh, discussion of the movie, I should point out, as uh, we frequently do with uh, films and television shows, uh, we are going to spoil the shit out of it. We're going to talk about things that uh, that you may not want to know about before you watch the film. So uh, if you do not want to have Thor Love and Thunder spoiled, you can just uh, sign off right now, come back later after you've watched the movie. It is in theaters now, and it will soon be on Disney Plus streaming. And if you don't have Disney Plus, why are you even listening to this fucking podcast? So... <laughs> Jesus... <laughs> Since about half of our episodes are about shit on Disney Plus. I'm just saying. Stay tuned for our next episode. Why gatekeeping is cool as fuck. <laughs> it's not for you, pores. Yeah. So uh, I'm just saying that half the time we're talking about shit that they can't watch. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so anyway, uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Here we are. Uh, we have watched the film in, in the theaters, which is uh, something of a risk. But I went, uh, I went on a day when nobody else was there. So I, that felt... That felt pretty smart, uh, and uh, I assume that uh, you all also watched them and the, watched this film in the theater because you can't not. Yes, we yeah. we uh, we saw it at the Riverview. We actually saw it opening night, and it was a pretty small crowd as always at the Riverview. And we did our thing where we are very masked, and we sit over on the side where no one wants to sit because for some reason they think you can't see it as well over there, which just isn't true. And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty great. And then uh, I have my. I don't want to say unethical, but if someone else said it, I wouldn't argue too hard <laughs> uh, where uh, we go to our seats because you can only buy tickets at the Riverview on your on the Internet. You don't you can't buy them at the box office. So when we get to our seats, I pull up their Web page and I grab the seats in in front of us behind us and to the side of us and i put them in my cart <laughs> and they will stay in your cart for 15 minutes <laughs> so i do that i do that like 10 minutes before the yeah, show starts yeah. so that okay. no one walking up to the box office can buy a seat around us at the last minute just to keep a little buffer around us oh. i'm not preventing anyone from buying a ticket there's plenty of seats in the theater i'm just giving us some elbow room that is um the kind of diabolical thinking i expect right? from you nick so i i i'm impressed how's uh, the seattle theater scene kirky how's how is it uh how's it for going to movies out there 
You know, we have one really good nerd theater downtown. It's the Cinerama. It was owned by um, Paul Allen. And oh. when and and it's like they have a little costume museum in the lobby. They have the best oh. popcorn in town. Like, it's really awesome. freaking cool. And then awesome. the second Paul Allen died, his sister shut it down and fired all the employees. Oh. So we have, I know. It's it that and the Living Computer Museum, whole different thing. But um. So we have a very um, decentralized nerd community. And uh, so every theater in Seattle had a showing of Thor every 30 minutes. And so oh, we wow. were able to get tickets like the day before. And it was busy-ish, but like without having to pull any diabolical moves, we just <laughs> randomly happened to get like space on either side of us. And nice. Um, wasn't hard to find a seat. Uh, Seattle is also um, 90% vaccinated. So oh, that's nice. And everything. That's so we nice. felt much more comfortable like going to a theater opening night. All right. Yeah, well. Totally. Well, uh, that that is uh, that's great. I'm good for you, and I think we're going to start with you, Kirky, because um, because there you are. Your last name is Trailer Thorson, and this is this is Thor: Love and Thunder or Thor Four. Why don't you give us your quick hit thoughts about Thor Four? You know, my quick thoughts are that I absolutely loved it. So um, being a Thorson, raised a Thorson, that was my birth name and everything. Thor was actually the first superhero that I fell in love with as a baby. And um, so I, I have been a fan of the comics, huge into Celestial Marvel, like all that nerdy shit. And um, when Jane Foster Thor came to the scene, I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I, I absolutely loved that run. I thought it was so much fun. Um, I uh, actually, before the comic came out, when they just were, you know, were showing the kind of, ooh, who is this Thor? This comic's coming in the next year. I made a full ass cosplay. Yeah, I remember. Uh, it was terrible because I'd never used Warble before. It looked awful. <laughs> Um, but I made this whole costume to wear to Convergence, uh, and other people did the exact same thing. And I'm like, can you please not stand next to me? Cause you look better. And I'd like to be able to talk about, uh, <laughs> I've been there uh, in love with all of that. And then this Thor love and thunder followed the Jane Foster run about as closely as you can. Yeah. yeah. A really good, you know, what is it? 90 minute movie. So <laughs> I had so much fun. I loved all the like eighties. What was it? Like a bunch of metal that they just brought in. That's like a lot of guns and roses. Guns and roses. I was More super pleased. I was super pleased that they used the end of November rain as like a badass like battle song. I was like, this is not get enough love. I fucking love the end of November. I love November rain. That's a great song. It was great. That's, yeah. uh, that's Jason Aaron's run of Thor, right? Like Thor, the unworthy and the mighty Thor. I think so. I'm awful with the names. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I recognize the comic book covers, but the names always escape me. I think. I think that's right. Because right after that, they put them on Avengers. They're like, good job. Here's the yeah. flagship. It's 119 minutes for what it's worth. For yeah. what it's worth. Yeah, it's it was a, for, for, a, for a Marvel movie. It, it, it kind, of, kind of feels short. Uh, Which was nice. Yeah. Good with that. Yeah, I wasn't part of every movie being two and a half to three hours long, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, there's I uh I agree, uh Kirky. There's they followed so much of the Jane Foster, Mighty Thor stuff from the comic with but they left out uh, they got kept all the best parts, like the the uh uh their oh my god, 
I forgot the name of where they live. Um, New Asgard. 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 Thank you. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Asgard being rebuilt as New Asgard on Earth, which is like caused by very different things in the comics that are not fucking good. <laughs> but but like they did it, you know, for a different reason, a different cause, kind of the same thing. There's a lot of that. We got to keep all this good stuff without any of the like long history continuity baggage that got them there in the mm. in the uh in the comics. And I, I was thrilled. I thought they did a great job adapting all the stuff. Yeah, I I, uh, I I appreciate that for the longest time it was always, oh, that's Lady Thor or Girl Thor. And it's like, no, it's just Thor. But I will say uh, uh, the the mighty Thor seems to be the the uh, designation, right? Yeah. Like that seems to be the way they're keeping them separate, uh, mm-hmm. which is very cool. Yeah. Doctor, Doctor Thor. Dr. Thor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah All right. Great. So uh, now I, uh, uh, we, we know that I don't read too many of the comics. Um, so, I mean, is the, uh, this is where we get into spoiler territory. So is, is the, the Foster Thor, uh, Mighty Thor, Dr. Thor in the comics? Is, is there the cancer storyline in that one too? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's yes. the, and that being becoming Thor is what saves her. I don't know if Mjolnir is it, sapping her energy in the comics, though. So what happens in the comics is that um, Mjolnir turns her into Thor, removes all of the toxins and everything. So what it does is it removes all of her chemotherapy. And so oh. that's why her cancer keeps progressing, even though she's doing all of this chemo, because every time she turns into Thor, she completely negates all that chemo See, that she had been doing. I wish they said that. That makes a lot more sense than Mjolnir is stealing your energy or draining or your life force or whatever. Like, I, it seemed weird because it was like Mjolnir is protecting you and also stealing all your life force. And it feels like, I mean, I like this this is an Asgardian doctor, right? This this Asgardian doctor could have known that. Uh, I mean, you, maybe maybe they had it. They had it in the script, and they just were like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, this is this is taking too much time to explain." Well, mm-hmm. she's a new Asgard. I guess we don't know for sure that the doctor herself is Asgardian. It seems mm-hmm. like a good mix of. Uh, that's one thing I dug too about New Asgard. It's a mix of, uh, you know, like I guess like native Asgardians <laughs> and all sorts of uh, alien kids and and adults and and then a good amount of Midgard, you know, Earth people. Mm-hmm. To that's that's nice, like a a cosmic melting pot. Something I always thought was uh, thought was really interesting about the cancer storyline in the comics is that um, the Asgardians like offered to Jane yo, we cured cancer. We got the cure to cancer. Like we figured this out millennia ago. Do you want us to just cure cancer? Like we can just be done and you can be totally healthy by dinner time. And she says, no, I don't want any of this magic. And they're like, well, it's technology. That's kind of, you don't understand. It's not really magic. She's like, no, 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 no. I want to do this the earth way. (laughs) That's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Super dumb. But it, it, also like speaks to a lot of her um stubbornness which then Mm. leads to you know the end when they're like you do this one more time you will die and it's the exact same way in the comics and she's like well good old stubborn jane you know i'm gonna do this because it's my way yeah in the in the comic i'm having a really hard time remembering i i know she she like she succumbs as well but doesn't she come back as a valkyrie yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, there's an implication uh, in this movie that she could come back as a Valkyrie or well, something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. she's in Valhalla. Yeah. yeah, one of the yeah. two yeah. Uh, post credits guys. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. 
That was, um, you know, for for a movie that, and I, what I enjoy about the Thor franchise over a lot of the other um, Marvel Marvel movies, and I like like them all to varying degrees, is the Thor franchise tends to remain a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's got some heavy shit going on. You know, Jane Foster dying of cancer ain't exactly ain't exactly um, a, a light storyline, but but Thor himself and that that character maintains a, a lighter feeling than like, you know, a lot of the Captain America stuff and, and, uh, some of the other, some of the other characters that, that Mm -hmm. they've, they've had movies that they've been looking at lately. You know, certainly the Doctor Strange movie was dark as fuck. Um, which, you know, great, but it's nice to have Thor be a little, little, a little more of a palate cleanser. Well, and they also, they did a lot with like, uh, all the other gods being very pompous and silly, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, fucking Zeus, especially <laughs> was like, you know, and like all the, 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 the maidens attending him and just all that whole thing with, with the, with that was really good. I also really liked, uh, I really liked the, the way they did kind of a, it just seemed like it was it was really fucking up Thor to see to that he sees her again and she's dressed as Thor yeah. <laughs> and she's holding his hammer and it's like yeah. hold up and I also it was silly and I know a lot of people hated it but I loved the like weird jealousy love triangle between him and the two weapons and how the the axe would all of a sudden just be there and he'd like look over and it's like the axe is just there like watching him talk to Mjolnir or like watching him like and it's like why what do you no no come on it's, it's like fine. The- I love you now. I have you. The, dis- the distracted boyfriend me <laughs> yeah. like over and over. Because it was over. way better than making it about like, oh, he has some other girl, right? right. He has some other woman. And now mm-hmm. there's a, a human love triangle. Yeah. Making it about the weapons is so Thor. Because what does Thor love above all things? Himself, right? But then also like weapons <laughs> yeah. and his ability to fight. So like smashing it, it, stuff, hitting yeah, things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought it was really interesting is that's even in those comics. Like there's this great um, scene where like uh, Jane Foster like uses Mjolnir to destroy a destroyer and it comes back to her and she like gives it a big smooch and she's like, good, good Mjolnir. And like it's, <laughs> they treat them like a character. Yeah, and yeah. It feels very much like um, Taika Waititi, the writer and director read the comics and not yeah. just read them, but understood the comics and what people got out of them. Yeah. It makes me think of Dr. Strange's Cape, which is another inanimate object. That is a character yeah. that I absolutely love mm-hmm. that very much has personality. And, and so I, I, I don't know. Phase four so far seems to me to be a lot sillier because even though Dr. Strange was dark and had horrific shit, it was also very silly. It also had like, the silly rainy was, skeletons. Yeah. It had silly <laughs> horror stuff, you know, yeah. and if you're not just even like, I would even argue like the way they, they, they took out some of those characters was very silly. Well, like, it, I, Moon Knight had a lot of silly stuff, and Moon Knight is uh, not a silly character at all. Yeah. But the way they did a lot yeah. of that was silly. Yeah. Um, well, I think yeah, the, but... the humor, the humor in the Marvel universe, is certainly one thing that's made it work better than the than the grim dark DC is. Mm-hmm. It, it, DC is like trying to work so hard to not be Marvel that they've they've kind of lost their way in a lot in in, in a lot of ways. Is it as you know we've 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 discussed in in other podcasts about the. Um, about the DCEU. Um, and, but, but I mean, Thor is like, it really is, it really is the lightest of the, you know, even though Thor two is kind of, you know, well, I mean, there's a movie that happened, but, but, uh, guardians guardians as well. I feel like is, is kind of in that same 
zone in that same class of, you know, it's like, what is it about, uh, you know, love and or family and then dated music and pop culture references and mm-hmm. chuckles and it doesn't follow the same formula, but I feel like there's a lot of those same overlapping lighthearted and then heartfelt mm-hmm. kind of like back and forth mm-hmm. between those. Mm-hmm. Well, it's such a departure from the Joss Whedon style humor, which I feel like has dominated until infinity war and Endgame, where it's very much like a snarky comment or the mm-hmm. humor is well, that happened. And yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's very nineties. One note. Yeah. You know, where it's, it's like, uh, nice, nice job with that. Not like yeah. it's it's that kind of like yeah yeah. Well, it's the it's the same kind of it's a very Whedon you know that quippy like it's all over Firefly. It goes back to Buffy like it's yeah. You know. And Taika Waititi's humor is definitely has a lot more heart. You know his like shows like what we do in the shadows and like you know uh, Jojo Rabbit and things like that. The humor is. It is wry, it is dark, it is heartfelt. And so it, you know, it tackles big issues with, you know, our flag means death, very similar, yeah, you know, like sure. it's, it's, it's funny and, and good. And yeah, I, I don't know. I really like, I really had a lot of fun with this movie personally. Is it is a little bit of the, the change into phase four, I wonder. And I, you know, this is, it's, it's, it implies there was planning and maybe there wasn't, but the, the, the character of the quippy, um, the quippy kind of humor that, that is, part of the first three phases is really Tony Stark, Iron Man. And he's kind of the controlling factor that, that links that entire set of the first three phases. And Mm -hmm. with Iron Man out of the picture, does that change a little Mm -hmm. bit of the language of, of how these, yeah, yeah, maybe, but also like, I mean, and it may just be that with that character in there, that's how they were writing other movies because like in the first, in the Thor, we had Kat Dennings playing, I don't remember her name, uh, uh, Jane's friend mm-hmm. or roommate or whatever. And assistant. she's an assistant, the one who was also in uh, WandaVision. WandaVision. Mm-hmm. And she's very yeah. quippy. I love her too, but she's very like snarky, quippy, like coming up with the good line that like is is very well, like, you know, uh, okay. Ha- Hawkeye, yeah. Hawkeye, Kate, Kate yep. Bishop. Kate Bishop snarky, had a lot of that too. Snarky, but, but I think that her, her snarky quippiness is a uh, younger human. Yeah. I think, I think mm. putting it onto more female characters as opposed to it being like snarky science, Dick, mm-hmm. you know, or like the men characters being that way. Definitely, mm. definitely changes the way it feels. Well, it, yeah. Phase four is doing a lot of really big, um, like, in a in a cosmic multiversal sense. Um, they are, the scale is so much bigger than anything they've done before in a very, very dramatic ways that are, have all just been set up right now without a ton of like, where is that going? Whether that's, um, you know, the, the low key uh, time variant stuff, the, the multiversal stuff from strange and, and more all this gods stuff, the, the post credit scenes in Thor four, uh, I mean, the fact that they've, they've introduced Eternity, they've shown the Living Tribunal in the last two movies. Mm-hmm. Like, those are huge. Those are, like, you know, bigger than gods. There's only mm-hmm. one thing above them. And and I feel like when you get big on that scale, things get surreal. And yeah. that's mm-hmm. silly. And that lends itself to humor really well. Because the other the other way you go with it is kind of boring. 
And there's like a little part of me, like the, the, the little girl wishing on a star, like what I really want for Loki season two, because I feel like there's so much that's like saying that maybe it's a thing. I want Thor core. I want Thor's. I want my police procedural with all of the yeah. Thor's together solving <laughs> crimes. And I'm never yeah. going to get it. But I'm yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, some, so something that I just, I just found out like preparing for this was, uh, so the, the girl who plays love, uh, uh Gore's daughter is, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Hemsworth's daughter. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. So, so India Thor love and thunder, love and thunder is a father and daughter. And oh. I think that's super cool. Like that's, that's yeah, man. That's so, yeah. So you bring that up and I feel like, uh, we have, we haven't really talked about the God killer. Uh, yeah, villain. the God butcher. The God, God butcher. Um, what do what do we think of of that as a as a villain for this film? I absolutely loved it. I thought Christian Bale did a great job, and I thought that he provided these wonderful tonal shifts where he was terrifying. The way that he was framed, and I mean, it's Christian Bale, so he throws himself into a role. He was fantastic as gore and i think we needed him to be that terrifying to offset some of the funny stuff i will also say kind of right i did a little <laughs> yeah. bit on his side like teeny yeah gore was right how can you how can you listen to this podcast and not feel like gore was right yeah. you know like a little <laughs> bit right i i also really i loved that with the tonal shifts you're talking about he did a, i was really impressed because a lot of times villains uh, even in Marvel, but, you know, in all superhero movies, but they tend to be a little one note, mm-hmm. you know, they're even, you know, Thanos is a little one note in, you know, where it's like, it's very, you know, it, they're very, they're very evil They're or they're, maybe they're maniacal or they're diabolical and they're smart, but they're, you know, and it felt like Gore was just a person. He had a few lines where he would say them kind of like, Oh, Oh, do you think, did you think we should do it that way? Like, it was like, almost like he was mocking. Like it was very interesting. And yeah. I was expecting it just to be, Oh, he's, he's the grim dark villain. who's going to kill all the gods. And instead it became very much like a, like, do you even hear yourself mm-hmm. when you talk about your stupid gods? Like you're, you're already like making excuses for them. And I will say because he kept a little bit of his personality because there was not just this like uh grim dark evil guy like no he was gore he had a personality then the change at the end where thor is like okay but you could have your daughter back and isn't that what you wanted that decision made a lot more sense yes because if he was a one note villain like they had done before then it would be like well man that hasn't been his goal for how long like why did he do right. that right yeah, yeah i i like that i like that a lot i i, I because i it 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 was great for Thor to basically say, "Look, you can you can do what you want, man." But mm-hmm. it why is it that you've spent all this time not wanting to do this just to get your fucking daughter back? Why, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Pitch pitch meeting made a really good point, which was uh, if there's this being called eternity and you can just go and get a wish granted, why didn't Thanos just do that? I mean, maybe he didn't get there. Maybe he didn't yeah. hear that. It, was just, maybe it just made me yeah. laugh because it was just it, like, yeah, yeah. It sounds like it's a thing that gods know, right? Because oh, like Zeus, sure. Zeus and the, the the other folks in the Nipitant City uh, kind of seemed to know about it. Thor knew about it when Zeus brought it mm-hmm. up. Gore knows about it because he's obsessed with, you know, butchering gods and has mm-hmm. sort of kind of become one himself. It seems like just divinity knows about this, which kind of makes sense if it's connected to 
eternity it yeah. would be kind of like a higher level thing yeah maybe and i mean kirky um, you're right gore is he's he's a hundred percent right i mean the first god he encounters is a complete fucker oh yeah, yeah. he's god like, yeah. his god the one his he's god. been praying to and devoted to his whole life all of his people and and the guy's just like oh huh, funny like nah <laughs> that scene is actually uh straight from the comics the only thing that's different is um, his family dies and he's still in his village and then he gets kicked out for not believing in the gods anymore. And then he finds the gods and that exact scene happens yes. and he gets the necro sword. And I thought it was really interesting that they didn't just try to go for the boilerplate edgy atheist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not an atheist. He knows the gods exist. He just wants yeah. them dead. And right. I like that. I, I feel like it would have been so easy to even just follow the comics and we're kicking him out because he doesn't think gods are real, you know, and yeah, I love it's like that origin. He, so he believed too much. He believed so yeah. much that even the gods are like, calm down. <laughs> that that uh, the sword, uh, all black, the necro sword. Mm. Uh, I, so I, I mean, it's gone probably. Mm-hmm. But um, it has a cool history in the comics. It's it is the sword of this you know very powerful asshole Knoll uh, Knoll I think no. Um, but the the sword is the first symbiote. Like the sword oh, is like that is cool. and it's like created. I think it's symbiote. Yeah, symbiote. <laughs> uh, it's and I think it was created by uh, like slaying a celestial. And then using it to fuel like, like living darkness into the into this you know god powered symbiote mm-hmm. sword because Null is who cre- who has created them. So obviously we're not going to get any you know symbiote stuff from this. That's all that's all Sony's domain. Mm-hmm. But Null or Knoll isn't, and that you know that mm-hmm. that could be some neat stuff. I I kind of feel like maybe they're they're just gonna leave it alone and not pick up that thread at all. But um, it's, it's kind of cool in the comics. Can I, can I say, and again, I don't know if this is from the comics or not, but I, I, and we should probably, I will start by saying my favorite thing from the movie and you all can, can Mm -hmm. join in afterwards. So my favorite thing in the movie was the Mjolnir shards. I thought that was fucking balling Mm -hmm. that, that she got to use Mjolnir in a way that Thor never had. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how they had to build a monument like around it because nobody could move it from where it shattered and fell <laughs> on the ground. Like that was dope. That was a yeah. cool little bit. Like, and I don't, I don't know if there's a if if the Mjolnir she wields in the comics does that, but I I thought it was fucking awesome that they're like, yep, Mjolnir broke, but that doesn't mean that it can't still work. But it gives you a completely new way to use it, and I thought that was great. Yeah. Uh, uh, my favorite part was the, the, the kids in the cage, uh, and how Thor kept like, you know, magically like, like just projecting himself in there to talk, like, just to be like talking to them and how like, they'd be, they were like entertained by his stories and everything. But after a while they're like, cool. So like, go fix this, you know, like, like, (laughs) go help us. What the heck? You know, like, but it was, I liked how they were all like, they, you know, it would have been really easy to make them just scared and crying all the time. And they were a little scared and crying because they're kids. 
kids, but they also had that, like, no, we're, we're as guardians, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to like, you can do this. Yeah. We're going to figure this out. It was, it was, I really enjoyed, I don't usually like kidnapped children as a plot device because it just feels so like everyone is supposed to care when kids are kidnapped. And it's like this thing that everyone cares about and everyone now it raises the stakes, you know, and it, it worked in this though, for me, I, I, I enjoyed the, the sass coming from the kids. The kids were sassy. I like sassy kids. <laughs> I, th- I think, uh, uh, I, oh man, I'm really tied between just like seeing uh mighty Thor, just fucking kicking ass like and and natalie portman's like super buff guns just destroying people like i thought that was great but i think my favorite scene in the movie is all the omnipotent city stuff um because it's 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 funny we see a lot of cool stuff yes the zeus zeus was fucking hilarious and a really good Zeus. His oiled locks. <laughs> like, yeah, it was just yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like I just thought, like they gave Russell Crowe something he could really ham it up for in the best way possible. It was such a good use those, and role for him. And those women are credited as the Zeusettes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> around him. Yeah, they're yeah. all passing out and stuff. Just, uh, just, just, just great. I really enjoyed all that. Kirky, what about you? Ah, okay, uh, there's about fifty million. Right? moments that I liked. Um, so I am torn between just the whole scene on uh, their first confrontation with Gore on that small planet, yeah. which was very cool. And I loved how they shot it. But also, um, and I guess this is also cinematography, when they see Eternia and Eternia, I mean, it looks like this almost 2D with the galaxy within it. Like it's pure comic book mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. just so i was so curious how it was going to look how it's going to look on screen how are you going to be able to do that and not make it look hokey and it just looked freaking cool and then when he wishes for his daughter to come back and you get that shot where her reflection is in the water and yeah. her reflection has that same effect with the galaxies in her and just the eyes yeah because like, she is eternity yeah that is so comic booky. It really it's is, yeah. So cool. Yeah, I, I, uh, I also, uh, as I was flipping through the Wikipedia's here, discovered uh, <laughs> Thor as a child, also played by Hemsworth's uh, children, his twin huh. son. <laughs> Huh. Played played child Thor. Nice. So like uh, three of his kids are in this movie with him, which has got to be a good time, right? <laughs> there is a fantastic photo of um the, the first Thor movie where Chris Hemsworth is sitting there like in his full and he's in a room that's all green. And India, who played his daughter in the movie, is sitting there as a baby, as an infant, uh, because she came on set and yeah, yeah. That's great. That's that's, that's what the movie industry needs. More Hemsworths and movies. Yes, clearly. Uh, not enough of those. Clearly needs more Hemsworth. I also do as a, as a minor side note. I I totally love the idea that New Asgard became a cruise ship destination. I thought that was that yeah was, yeah that was, <laughs> that was fucking beautiful. That's like the worst thing that could possibly happen to Valkyrie in that moment is uh, that she is she is king of a town that is a cruise ship destination. I did. I also uh, really enjoyed that they. I mean, I realize it's a Disney movie, so they just kind of hinted at it a little. But they let Tessa Thompson's character, let Valkyrie be by, like visibly yes. by, you know, and like, and 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 so that was great. Like, and Cord, yes, with his like. Well, we don't really think of it, you know. It's it's, it's not. 
Yeah, it's, it's just, just, you know, it's just how we do it. And we just hold our, we just hold hands until a child is formed. In the lava. But, and yeah. the, the, the rock at the end, Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne, the rock Johnson. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm not Australian, so I can't say, but somebody told me that the mustache that he had is actually nicknamed the Johnson. Love it. That's great. That's very funny. Yeah. So, uh, oh. I will say uh, one one more thing. Uh, as we're watching the beginning movie and they they first show Natalie Portman and like the show and Jane Foster, and in my head I'm like, I, without I, knowing what probably the plot's going to be, without really thinking of it, I'm like, oh my god, it's so nice they're letting Natalie Portman look her age, like she's because you know they're letting <laughs> they're letting her like I was like they're not photoshopping out all her wrinkles, they're letting her look at that's so nice. And then I'm like, oh right, she's currently undergoing chemo in this scene. That's the only reason that they let her look her age. Is she in her forties or is she dying? Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I ask myself that every question when I wake up. <laughs> It's like it used to be, is she born with it or is it Maybelline? And instead, it's, is she in her 40s or is she dying of cancer actively? <laughs> um, so, before, uh, just quickly before we uh, go to five questions, was there anything that you would have liked to have seen done differently or anything that, uh, that you think was amiss in the movie? Oh, yep, Nick has something. So, all right. I, oh man, I think. One of the one of the two end credits things, like the Brett Goldstein uh, mm. reveal of him as Hercules, which yeah. uh, looks yeah. looks fucking perfect. The costume spot on, the big fucking hairy chest and everything, like per- perfect, perfect, perfect. But like, I don't think that's gonna go anywhere. Like, yeah. I don't think like I just unless they're eh, I mean, okay. One possibility. Uh, they they're doing dark Avengers as they're kind of setting up with this, you know, other black widow, other Hawkeye, other captain America. Uh, he would be, instead of Ares being their Thor, they could have Hercules be his, their Thor on the dark mm-hmm. the other mm-hmm. alternate Avengers team. Mm-hmm. And that would be dope. But I kind of feel like there's nothing confirmed where he's going to be a part of it. There's nothing. He's not tied to any of the other characters or anything they have established. They don't have like this Greek pantheon present in anything but this movie. And so I feel like it's kind of fun, but like ultimately maybe a total waste. And I really hope it's not mm. fair. How about I you, know Molly? this is going to sound crazy coming from me, but I think they overdid the goat noise. <laughs> I wish the goat, they all, I'll tell you why. Cause they, I wish they had used more than one sound effect. Right. And they only use the one sound effect. Screaming goats make a lot of different kinds of screams. It would have been nice if the goats were screaming. I loved that, by the way. I loved the screaming goats. I just wish they had not done just like the goat version of the Wilhelm scream over and over. You know, like a little variety would have been great. Uh, I still laughed every fucking time. Every time I was just, I was delighted by the goats, especially when the guy's like, nope, you accepted the gift. You have to take them goodbye. (laughs) now <laughs> smart there kirky i i kind of wish so um they get with gore on that small planet they lose that fight they have to go back and regroup that's fine that's part of the hero's journey and um i just don't feel like thor had enough growth to mm-hmm. go back and for him and jane to defeat gore at the end um and it's because the 
the the kids that he turned into Thor, gave the power of Thor, um, were only affecting like the side monsters at the end. And but it was it was the exact same two fighting the exact same guy, except they didn't have Valkyries, so they were even weaker. I just kind of wish that we got a little bit more growth. I feel like there's a step mm-hmm. skipped or something like that. Yeah. Not like I'm asking for the movie to be longer or something, but I, I was they, missing a little bit of something there. They yeah. did cut out a lot of scenes, apparently. Like they filmed with a lot of characters. Oh, they yeah. filmed oh. with Lena Headey. Uh, they filmed with uh, they filmed with Peter Dinklage and Jeff Goldblum, and like all those scenes were cut. So I think there probably was something where that would have given you that. Well, that man, I want to see some of those deleted scenes. That's I kind of agree, uh, Kirky. I feel like what changed between the the first time they fought and the next time they fought where now mm-hmm. he's able to beat them. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, I, I mean, J, J, mighty Thor is actually weaker. You know, they, they mean they have the lightning bolt, but they don't have Valkyrie. Like even giving her a line, like, well, now I have nothing to lose. Cause she knows it's her last time turning into Thor. Like even sure. that would have been like, okay, she's fighting harder. And that's what it was, you know, right. that's, that's a good point. I, th- um, for me, uh, I have one minor disappointment, which is not enough Nebula, but I, that's ju- generally my <laughs> my opinion about Nebula because she's awesome. But uh, for me, it was like I felt like Thor had done a lot of growing leading up to this movie and that he kind of had to start. He started in a mm-hmm. place where I didn't think Thor was if that makes any sense that, mm-hmm. that they had to kind of back off Thor's Thor's maturity, um, you know, and even coming out, you know, coming out of Endgame and everything that went through that. And yeah, I mean, he's still Thor, but I don't know. I just felt like, I felt like yeah. they, they needed Thor to be in a different place than they'd placed him. And so they kind of artificially, artificially pushed him back to a character that he'd been, a couple of movies ago. Um, and it, it's not, it's not the worst thing in the world, but, but that, that frustrated me a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but overall I liked it. I think we all can agree that we, we, we were, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I don't understand uh, some of the criticism. I guess some people don't like fun. That's exactly the what problem. it is. People don't like fun. I mean, I, yeah. I know that sounds reductive, but I genuinely think a lot of people, it's like they want movies to be super serious. They want movies to be very uh, an experience and very weighty. But then at the same time, like when they got that, then they complained it was too much like with Endgame and things like it was like, oh, there's too much going on, too many plot lines, too much happening, too many characters to keep track of. It's like, they, I don't know. I, I have uh, in my in my uh, 11 and a half years in the entertainment industry, if there's one thing I have learned, <laughs> it is that uh, you can never make customers happy full stop. You just got to make what's good and what you like and what you're proud of and hope people dig it because we, every single thing we ever put out for for my company, it gets people who hate it for no reason, you know, fucking nerds love hating shit. One out of 10 hexagons, you know, like that kind of (laughs) shit. (laughs) I feel like, especially when you come into nerd properties, you just, you get a lot more clicks. You get a lot more engagement. If you say that you hate something like it's, Oh yeah. hate things. 10 reasons. It sucks. 
if as somebody who's been in love with Thor comics since I was learning to read, this is Thor. Thor is mm-hmm. silly. His it is. stuff is ridiculous. He's the guy who comes in speaking in a different font than everyone else, yeah. talking about elves and oh yes, the time that I found the crown of yada yada with the warriors three who look ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Thee and thine. Yeah. Like I think Taika Waititi is perfect for Thor. And I didn't even mind Thor one and two. Everyone hates them, but like <laughs> it was the high fantasy weird ass whatever i got malekith i loved thor 2 and i I don't hate thor 1 and 2 i just i actually like thor 1 and thor 2 i'm kind of like eh. i'm like eh it's all right you know all of these people who don't like the thor movies that's fine you also wouldn't like the thor comics Uh, yeah i don't understand people i don't know when this shift happened so dramatically but it really feels like in the last 10 years or so people have decided that they are entitled to like everything mm-hmm. and if they don't like something it's because it's bad yeah mm-hmm. not because I'll, they just didn't like it yeah i mean you know I'll, and it, yeah i will it's, say I, after i watched the movie i went and looked at uh, the rotten tomatoes uh where the critic score is 68 percent and the audience score is 78 percent, and i was like you know seven out of ten that's about what I'd give this movie. It's not, it's not yeah. a cinematic masterpiece, but I sure wasn't unhappy. I saw it. I I enjoyed myself when I was in the theater. I have pleasant memories of the experience. I will watch it again and will not regret the decision. I mean, that's that's what what's wrong with making not every movie has to be mm-hmm. fucking endgame, you know? If every movie is a cinematic masterpiece, no movies are a cinematic ma- masterpiece. Exactly. Um, but Molly, to what you're saying about about you know nerds and hating on stuff and the internet and everyone feeling that their you know top ten reasons this sucked list is worth reading, um, I it, it just you know fans like fan is short for fanatic. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like it's just it's it's you know sometimes you got to remember that it's like this obsessive love for things like ownership and entitlement yep, of an IP yep, yep. has a, has it always comes to the dark side or, and it's, it's just, um, it's the way it is. It's passion and passion is not always mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's odium. <laughs> All right. It is time to move on to five questions and, and believe it or not, Kirky, we have five new questions that you've not answered yet. I'm not. I know. It's very exciting. So nice. uh, we're going to jump right into it. Molly, why don't you do question number one? Question one. What is a game you have played recently that you really enjoyed? Um, so I haven't been able to uh, get on my video games in a while. So I'm uh, this. This is your one like stereotypical podcast plug. I've been doing a lot of Hunt a Killer. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is it uh, fun? Oh my God. We've been doing the monthly boxes for a couple of years now. And we just finished um, one of the boxes, which is like election themed. So like uh, there's a contentious mayoral election and a reporter is killed and you are the reporter's roommate who has to figure out who, you know, did it. And it, it's so much fun. It's just like, like the books I read. Mm-hmm. It's, it's honestly, it's kind of why I like it's so much code breaking and you get yeah. like little gifts and things. And I got a, um, uh, a, we got, but let's be real. I got, um, a, uh, uh, ink pen, like a calligraphy feather ink pen. And I'm like, what, this is actually really cool. I would pay money for this. And I'm just, I mean, you did, so you, you did. That's get awesome. That's awesome. Well, you're right. Hunt a killer. <laughs> okay. Question two, Nick. What science fact or discovery do you think is really fucking cool? Oh, man. Um, So everyone's all about the James Webb telescope right now. But 
I, I've been just like a little bit obsessed with the, and this is maybe a little old by now, but the, um, the, the Pentagon admission that UFOs are real. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that outer space aliens are visiting earth and yada, yada. But I just think, I hope maybe that all of this stuff together, like, uh, introduces a new uh, wave of interest in space and yeah. like just so many things out there that we don't know whether it's cool things on earth that we've created and that's just a UFO or cool stuff that we see out in outer space. I'm just any fact that gets us closer to the stars is always like, Ooh, I want more. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, I do too. Okay. Question three, where do you get your sense of right and wrong from? Because we know it isn't religion. Um, okay. So this is weird and dorky. Um, but I'm going to say comic books, um, comic books. Yeah. You know, I grew up on comic books and I grew up with parents who were into comic books and therefore gave them to me when they wanted me to be quiet and like always found them to be more interesting. It's almost like a modern morality plays, you know, and just seeing like, what makes this person a good person? Why is Jane Foster a hero uh, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, Roxanne that's doing evil things. (laughs) Yeah. it's, It's just interesting to kind of look into what the, um, uh, the modern version of like Greek myths are mm-hmm. because that's really what we're doing is we're replacing those old stories of heroes and gods and monsters with comic books. Cause everyone knows those stories now. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you look at things like, you know, uh, vigilantism, like daredevil's mm. a hero or is he, yeah. if he like takes it too right. far. Right. Yeah. There's some really good ethics and morality lessons in comic books. Daredevil's sure. a hero, but Absolutely. Punisher is not. So. Right. Right. And yeah. I was always like way more interested in a lot of those like gray area mm-hmm. heroes where like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Captain America. Sure. He's always a hero. That's his personality trait. No matter who writes him is that he's just the good guy, but you take someone like Thor and it's like, okay, he's kind of doing stuff for himself but he's still a hero but is this good yeah (laughs) yeah you know yep okay question question number four Mm. question four if you could build a robot to perfectly perform one chore or task for you for the rest of your life what would you choose um i would like some kind of robot to do my hair because i'm sick of it it's hard to hold my arms up in the air the whole time that I yeah. have to like work on it and condition and everything. I just want to sit down and let a machine do it for me. Dude, all winter, I have to dry my hair upside down. Ugh. It takes 20 minutes. Like if I could have a robot do that, fuck, that'd be great. I didn't, even think about, I didn't even think about a robot doing it. Would the Love robot it. be upside <laughs> down for you? No, no. See, the robot would just be able to, to, to do that, pull the hair. That's the problem is I oh. can't. Puts you in a wind tunnel. Whole- Situation. Yeah. I got okay. Curly hair. <laughs> okay. The robot will figure it out. All right, yeah, Nick. That's the a robot's question, problem. Question five. Question five. What is a movie or TV show you think everyone should watch? Hmm. Um. I want to have like some kind of like deeper philosophical answer, but I'm just gonna say our flag means death. Oh yeah. oh yeah! You gotta get you gotta get Tim to watch that because I want to do an episode. I know, on I, know I, I know, I know, I have to watch so it. I know we're we're watching Taskmaster right now. I'll try and hey, try. Oh, so fantastic! Yeah, I'll try. We, and uh, so uh, 
Mm, fingers crossed if all everything I ordered for clothing wise gets here in time for convergence, but I'll be doing a Wee John Feeney costume for convergence. I'm gonna try oh, to do the yes. Swede to go with him. I gotta see if I can find clothes that match it and straighten my hair and be the Swede. Mm. So I think well, it'd will be your teeth funny. go back in. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm missing a tooth. It's perfect because I'm even missing a tooth. Like, yeah. You can just well, get like a little like tic tac or something that you can yeah. take out. And, like, <laughs> I found, I found the perfect shirt and to modify and some and some cheap uh like gauzy pants yeah. that will work in the suspenders so that, to do but like then i found out the store the place i bought them from is like notoriously slow on shipping and, oh, and not no. and so i'm just like sending them emails today like am i gonna have to cancel a bit or what's going on <laughs> oh yeah this- Yay! All right, those are great answers. Thank you so much, Kirky. Um, And uh, thanks for joining us to talk about Thor Love and Thunder, as we like to call it. Thor Love and Thunder! Um, (laughs) I don't know why I like to say it that way, but I do. We don't either. (laughs) Thunder by Thunder! Thank you all for for having me on uh, and talking comic books. Yeah, Yeah. it was awesome. We'll have to have you back. uh, Maybe when we talk, have you watched Ms. Marvel yet? I have. Yeah. Oh my God! I mean, we gotta fun get stuff, get, get Tim on Ms. Marvel. We can. We can. Uh, I'm, I'm halfway through. I'm not just, done with oh, it yet, but oh. I am watching it. I am watching Ms. Marvel. Last episode, no spoiler, but that oh, last shit. episode when she figures out uh-huh. what's going on and oh, she just shit. says, and the music trill, and uh-huh. I, I died. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right yeah. Away. Yeah. And Did you hear yeah. that? Did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right there. Same here. All right. So join us when we talk about Ms. Marvel. Probably. Uh, in a few weeks. I don't I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> anyway, we've been Geeks Without God. If you would like an opportunity to answer our five questions, it's super easy. Just send an email to fivequestions at geekswithoutgod.com. If you're uh, not sure what the questions are, you can find them on our website, which is also geekswithoutgod.com. You can support us on Patreon, help pay for the, uh, the fabulous sound equipment that we are able to use to record remotely so we don't give each other COVID since there's another surge. Uh, Someday we'll be able to record in person more than two episodes in a row. We'll see. Not a little children of the world will hold hands and peace on earth. <laughs> I'd like to give the world COVID. No, anyway, um, I'd like to vaccinate the world and never mind. Okay, so uh, that is our episode. That's our show. Kirky, thanks for joining us. And uh, we will catch you next week. Bye. 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 And now all I want is some bananas, Foster. <laughs> Just kidding. I hate bananas. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Until next time, you can find us blogging at geekswithoutgod.com. You can follow us on Twitter at geekswithoutgod. And you can even like us on Facebook. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. It's nope, and they're scary things.